Hey, do you constantly struggle with marketing? Well, let me help you take some load off your shoulders. Using Clinic Gym Connect, our new software product, we can help you market to clients in an easy way. And that is, why not just hit up reactivating your old patients? See, these are people that already know you, like you, and trust you and want to come in. And if you just reach out many times, they will say like, I'm so glad you called. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Just listen to two of our users, Dr. Carsonani from Capital Sports Medicine and his office manager, Mark, talk about this very concept. One of the things that I really measured has been my past patient reactivations. And it's easy to rattle off anywhere between five and 10 past patient reactivations in a week. Then you don't need to market nearly as much. We saw an impact almost right off the bat. I've gotten more than a few where it's like, oh, I'm so glad you called. Like, I saw your text, sorry to reach back out, but it turns out this weekend I went hiking, I went golfing, I did this, I did that, and I tweaked my hip, leg, arm. And it's such a coincidence you reached out. Like, I need to come in. Thanks so much for reaching out. And the first time I was like, all right, that was a coincidence. And then it started happening two and three and four times. And I was like, all right, so sometimes you're putting yourself in a position to be lucky with this. That makes things a whole lot easier, right? When you're just working with clients who have already been into your office. Why struggle with marketing to new people when you've got a ton of money sitting there in your EHR of patients that have already come in? And just like Mark said, it's super easy and people appreciate it so much. To do this, just check out clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com. Or hit me up, email me, hit me up on Facebook, whatever it takes. I want to get you set up. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and today I am the guest as well, yet again. Now, some people might be saying, hey, man, what's up? What happened to all the interviews? Well, listen, I get so many questions, so many questions, and uh, it makes me think that I just haven't explained things well. And when I'm interviewing some interesting person, it's difficult to ask them questions that kind of answer exactly the issues around the clinic gym hybrid model. So I wanted to make sure that I offer the information, the basic information of how to get a clinic gym hybrid started, how to run it, how to get it off the ground, how to make it profitable, et cetera. And so to do that, I just thought I'd talk to myself, which I often do. Uh, but today you're the beneficiary of it, you know? So before I begin, uh, if you're listening to this right now, you should definitely come see me speak at Parker Seminars in Las Vegas. So I will be speaking on February 11th, I believe. It is a Friday. Uh, I think I'm speaking at 2.30 here in Las Vegas, which happens to be the town I live in and the town where Parker Seminars are hosted. So would love to see you there. If you want to save a couple bucks, use the promo, go to uh, Parker's website and use the promo code SatterlyLV50 to save 50 schmackers. And even if you don't save the money, you're already registered. I would love to see you there. Come by. I think, again, I speak Friday at 2.30 p.m., I believe. Would love to have you there. All right. So with that, let's talk about today's subject. And, you know, 
I have talked in the past about the overview of the clinic gym. You can go back a couple episodes, uh, hear the overview of the system. But today I want to talk about the key players, the key people, if you will, or actually it's a key person that every clinic gym hybrid has to have. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's what we're covering today. The perfect person. And I will go into who this person is, some qualifications they should have, how to find them, and finally, how to use them to your advantage. And let's go back in time. So the idea, original start to the Facebook group was based upon an article I'd written for the FTCA. And I submitted it to the uh, higher ups in the FTCA. Uh, People loved it. And that started what you might know today in our Facebook group and this podcast and everything. And that is the idea of using a well-trained personal trainer as your CA. So I say CA, that's a chiropractic assistant. If you are somebody in a PT office, that'd be a PTA. Uh, If you are an athletic trainer, you can say an aide. Whatever it is, is a secondary person. Now, the the idea in medicine of a secondary uh, or a physician extender is well established. I mean, PAs have physicians assistants have been uh, extending their care for what, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years now. Jesus. I mean, since the end of world war II is when I understand that PAs start, start coming around. So the fact that we are, we haven't really had an established uh, physician extender is crazy, but that's really where this idea takes off. And so if you look at the perfect person to help you build your clinic gym hybrid, it would be somebody that can help you, A, uh, provide amazing care for patients, B, uh, provide exercise when necessary, and C, can do everything or as much as you can do for a lot less money. And so I want to talk today about, you know, I've mentioned it as the 80-50 rule, meaning that this highly trained person can do about 80% of what the provider can do for about 50% of the cost. But today I want to go into who is the perfect one, what qualifications, let me just write myself a note, qualifications, uh, uh, where to find them, to find, and finally, how to best use them. So I'm just writing myself some notes here. All right, so who is the perfect person? All right, so let's start there so that you can find this person. And as a general ratio, I have found that a um, someone that's seeing 80 to 100 patients a week needs about one to one and a half of these people in their office. Now, it depends on the way you treat. If you take a little bit longer time, a little bit less time, obviously those numbers are going to uh, change. If you're like, hey, man, we're, we see a lot of really complicated cases like uh, my friend Ben Fergus then maybe you need more because you, re- you know, Ben dives so deep in with those new patients that uh, somebody else has got to be handling the other patients that are coming in. But who is the perfect person? Well, I will tell you who the perfect person is not to start out. And it is not the most qualified trainer you have ever seen. Uh, when we're looking for the perfect person, the most, and I will tell you this from consulting with dozens and dozens and dozens of offices, the best person to get is somebody that has amazing people skills. And once that you found that person has amazing people skills, then you can teach them to become, become a trainer. You do not start with a trainer and try and teach them paper, people skills. That will never work. Consistently, by far, the worst people that have ever been hired in all of my clients' businesses are highly certified personal trainers that have super long you know, resumes and CVs about all the classes they've taken. Now, that's not to discourage somebody 
that is a personal trainer, but maybe they just have a CrossFit, uh, you know, level one certification, or somebody has a basic uh, American Council on Exercise certification. Some basic low level would be good, but it's certainly not required. So how would I do it? I would put out an ad in my practice and I would start to talk to every patient and I would say, hey, we are looking to hire somebody to teach exercise within our practice. Uh, if you know of anybody, let me know. I would also go to people who just love being around you and have been great patients and just tell them directly, hey, I'm looking for somebody who can teach exercise here. You know what we're all about. Are you interested? And they might say, no, I've never thought about that. Or, you know, I am looking to make a change or I'm looking to get back in the workforce or, you know, my kid finally graduated high school. So I actually want to take on a role like that. You will be shocked and amazed by all the comments you get when you start phrasing that to people. Now, um, what are you looking for? You are looking for somebody that is super engaging. And I'm going to make a bunch of stereotypes about what the person looks like or how they act. But here'd be what you want. Somebody you enjoy having in the office. That's the best criteria I can give you. People that understand customer service or love being part of something typically are going to have a glow about them. And it's very hard to define. But I would, uh, if it were me, I'd run a staff meeting and I would say, hey, we're looking for somebody to fill this role. Name some people we would love working with. And in every office I've ever been to, three, four, five people's name will come up. Um, you know, maybe it's uh, somebody that's, I've seen it all the way from um, a retired army colonel, I know, working in an office that's just accepting peanuts because he just loves being around people exercising. Uh, another area, uh, there's a woman who's been a longtime fitness instructor for like Les Mills who wants to learn more and get kind of more accurate. Um, I've seen it. Uh, Chip Bleem hired a, basically a soccer mom in his practice. Um, another uh, guy I know had a young person that wants to go to college for, was assuming they needed to go to college for like exercise science or kinesiology, but it really what they want to do is rehab. So he started down that path and they're just taking class at the local junior college. Just find that person and you are looking for somebody who you want to be around. Now, that's not to say to hire the person right off the start. I've learned after many mistakes that the worst way to hire people is to say, hey, are you looking for a job? Cool, you're hired. That creates issues. What you want to do is have a at least three-step hiring plan, right? Or a application plan, really. And at some point along there, you want to make sure that your staff has an ability to vote yay or nay. If they don't, and things go south, it's worse to have pissed off staff and no employee. That's way worse than having uh, no employee with a happy staff. So make sure you, inc you involve them, allow them to vote on it or include them in the interview. Uh, you know, I, when it comes to hiring, I think uh, Google has a saying to ignore the hippos. I've said this many times, but the hippos are the highest important paid person's opinion. So whoever the ranking person is at your practice, if that's you, you don't get a you don't get a say till the end of the hiring process. Let your staff, your front, especially your front desk staff, do more of the process. Have them interview, do the phone interviews, all that stuff, because they'll be able to sniff it out better than you can. Anyway, so that's who this person is. So uh, Tom Plummer always said the number one person in, across the nation that can sell more memberships than anything is a pretty good looking, pretty in shape. Uh, middle-aged brunette female. That's it. So they don't want to, you don't want to have somebody that's in such incredible shape. It looks intimidating. Just like if you go into a, you know, gym and there's some dude there that's, you know, five foot eight, 263 pounds with 2% body fat, it's intimidating, right? It doesn't inspire anybody. 
to go to the gym more because it seems unachievable. You don't want to have someone who's in incredible shape, um, but you want them to look like they're in shape. If they're also semi-attractive in whatever way you want to rank that, that certainly helps because they're going to be having a lot of conversations with people. And typically men do, I'm sorry, women do better than men because men want to be around women and women want to be around women. So that's the perfect world. Now with that, there are thousands of exceptions. I've seen every version of exceptions come through. Um, I know of, a, a again, that male army, ex-army colonel uh, is just the most warm and welcoming guy and does a great job <coughs> for one of my clients in the Carolinas. Um, uh, Chip Bleem, soccer mom, uh, just someone you just want to be around. She's got a great smile. Who else? Um, Kirk Mason up in North Dakota hired a relatively young trainer that's just doing phenomenal for him. He promoted her uh, head trainer and now she runs his gym. Um, you know, there's just a lot of exceptions, but uh, typically I'd want female. Typically I'd want pretty good shape, not in perfect shape. Typically I'd want older rather than younger. Uh, and me personally, and I think every one of my clients, you can ask, and if you doubt this, please put it up in the Facebook group. Uh, they do not need a prior certification. All right. So that is who this person is. So let's talk about qualifications. They don't need qualifications to start out. Okay. The only reason you would want them to have a qualification, like a personal training certification to start out is if your specific ins- uh, business liability insurance requires them to be a certified trainer. And if that's the case, I'd highly recommend you switch insurance companies. Here's why. I had an insurance company, uh, insurance pro- uh, policy that I got through our friends at NCMIC. And let me say this, I love NCMIC. NCMIC is great, but they're only professional malpractice for chiropractors. They're not for general business liability. All right. So they referred me to the Hartford. Uh, We had the Hartford for a couple of years. And I, again, love that company. When we started hiring trainers, uh, luckily, a friend of mine reviewed our insurance contract and said, yeah, it says that they are required to be certified by one of the following, and it was AFA, um, NSCA, and I can't remember the third certifying body. When I looked at my trainers, one had no certifications, one was FMS certified, and one was ACSM certified, none of which got them covered under our insurance. So luckily, uh, I was working with Tom Plummer at the time. Tom told me to talk to his guy, Ken Reinig. Ken uh, at theinsuranceguy.com. Again, theinsuranceguy.com. Ken hooked us up with a policy that uh, did a lot of things. But number one, the language changed from having to be certified to uh, a trainer with a national certification or a trainer pursuing national certification. So that pursuing line gave us a whole lot of freedom because as long as you said you're interested in becoming certified by ACE or in NSCA or ACSM, doesn't matter, you were covered. Well, that pretty much includes everybody, right? Um, that also meant that CFSC certification counted and FMS certification counted, uh, CrossFit level one certification counted. So make sure you're safe in that regard. But that's the only reason I would have a qualification. Now, when it goes to qualifications, how what would I want them certified in? Uh, assuming that they already have great customer service. My number one area of training or the number one certification would be your in-house certification. And what I mean by that is, can they work with your people when they're in pain, get them out of pain, support them and get them exercising. You need to be working with them every week and educating every week, an hour, 
every week is the absolute bare minimum. I would prefer to see two hours every week uh, as ex- as uh, training. And you can just come up with a very simplified training pro- program. I like to look at it quarterly. So divide it into 12 weeks. One week is all about red flags. One week is all about selling memberships and or how we do billing. And then you have 10 remaining weeks. Just divide what you want to cover into 10 things. So you can do the 10 buckets of exercise, like horizontal push, horizontal pull, vertical push, vertical pull, single leg hinge, double leg hinge, single leg squat, double leg squat, core, uh, anti-extension core, anti-rotation core, plyometrics, right? Like, I think that was 10. Um, but just come up with a list like that. Maybe you want to go over like uh, conditions, like uh, low back disconditions, uh, cervical disconditions, uh, rotator cuff, um, uh, you know, knee pain, shoulder pain, like just break it down like that and just have a training program that they're going to do. There's more detail on that and I can go into it further, but that's basically what I would do. But if you're going for national qualifications, let me say this. I think the absolute best program in the nation is the CFSC, the Certified Functional Strength Coach Program. It's the program taught by my friend, Brendan, um, Brendan Rerick and uh, Kevin, oh shoot, with Kevin Carr, um, I met them way back in the day when they were some scrub ass youngins still wet behind the ears. Uh, they're running an internship program for Mike Boyle's program, but you know, that program is based on Mike Boyle's strength conditioning. And in the summertime, they're putting like 500 athletes a day through that program. So it's time tested and they will make decisions in one week to add or remove an exercise because of so many sessions going on. Uh, but I love that program, Certified Functional Strength Coach Program. It's got a weird website, by the way. This, it's certifiedfsc.com. But I think if you're going to spend two days, that's the absolute best program that you can do. Um, <clears throat> if it were me, I would take, I would go with my coach to spend the time over that weekend so you can see how they learn, cover any struggle zones, talk to them about things you want, things you don't. Hey, we don't do that exercise Remember not to do that exercise with pay- people that have a recent, uh, you know, lumbar disc diagnosis, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have things to do, but I think that's the absolute best thing. It's not just the exercise they teach you. It's the way they organize it is really the magic, you know, and once you have that organization, you can go back and do anything else. So you, you all have a unified language to speak of. It's like you're all operating on the Mac, you know, the iOS operating system. It's fine. Second to that, I would say that if you don't have the money or you need to do it at home, Brennan Rierick's own course, which is called the Exercise Checklists, with an S at the end is pluralized, exercisechecklists.com is a fantastic home study course that I would recommend. Maybe you want to buy that and just work through it two hours a week uh, for a quarter. I think it'll take you, yeah, about a quarter, uh, 90 days to do it. Uh, I think it's fantastic. The handouts are fantastic. The lectures are fantastic. Everything's fantastic. So those would be my first two programs. I hesitate to recommend the NSCA's CSCS program because in my experience, and I've studied for it and I was certified for a while, it doesn't teach you to be a trainer. It does something else. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but I don't think that that's your best bet to go with, to get somebody from zero to a trainer. It's the CSCS is a good program, but it's not, it doesn't teach you to have the skill set of a trainer. It's something else. So those are my favorite, um, further certifications. If you were just like, Hey, I really want this person to be the best. I think it's great to have a trainer get certified in the FMS. 
However, I would say that a trainer going through the SFMA is not a bad thing. They cannot get certified if they're not a medical professional, but they can still take the course. And I think having them do top tier evaluations and understanding where you're coming from is a pretty worthwhile investment. So trainers can get certified in the FMS. Uh, It's designed for trainers. The SFMA is always designed to have a uh, clinician level certification. Um, So you know, use that as you will, but spending a weekend with your trainer at the SFMA, I think is a great way to kind of dive into things. Next, after that, I'm a huge fan of the FRC system, the functional range conditioning system. That's Andrea Spina and um, what is it? The functional anatomy team. Uh, I think it's a really good method of working with people when they have high levels of pain or they're very unstable. It's essentially teaching you a very, (coughs) excuse me, a very souped up version of isometrics for lack of a better term. And I know the FRC homies out there are just screaming at me right now. It's much more than that. It is much more than that, but I'm trying to give people who have never been to the course an understanding of what it is. It is a lot of isometrics and um, really coaching people up on, on isolating a joint and moving it through end ranges. Um, and the safest way to do that is, is through isometric exercise, uh, or minimal movement. I think that is fantastic. So if they have the CFSC and the FMS and FRC, whoo, they'd be pretty unstoppable. They'd be a pretty incredible, um, coach there. Now, the important thing is not letters after the name. Nobody's ever going to ask you what letters your train, your trainer has after their name. So don't worry about that. It's really, do they understand the concept of what they're doing and can they apply it to your patients? That's the most important. But I would, I would do that and make sure again that your insurance will cover if they have those certifications. From there, you can go into a lot of things. If you are working with golfers, I highly recommend the TPI course. I teach the TPI course. I use the TPI course with every golfer that I see. Um, Unless they're dying in pain, I go right to the SFMA, but man, I use that. I use the principles of the TPI fitness level two. I use principles of the TPI power testing in my assessments like every time. Um, And I just do a bunch of them. So anyways, um, yeah, I would highly recommend those certifications. Uh, If you can't find them, email me and I will email you that. I'll reply with a list of where to find those certifications. Those are kind of the best. Um, next up, let's talk about where to find this person. I already told you that I would go to everybody in your practice and just start asking, right? I'd make a flyer. I mean, as low tech and dumb as it sounds, and I'm sure there's some recent grads going, man, printed printing on paper. Yes, it works because it acts as a placeholder. People leave your office with that thing in their hand. It makes them connect with the idea of looking for the right person. They might want to write notes on it, et cetera. I would do that. I would include it in my weekly, monthly newsletter. So if you're sending out a newsletter on MailChimp or something like that, include it. If you have a text service like Clinic Gym Connect um, and you're doing like a, a weekly text blast, I would, maybe that's the subject of one week. You know, hey, we're looking for the right person. If you know somebody, send them our way. I would do that. Another way that gets overlooked and I highly recommend <coughs> that works also as part of the interview process, but also is like a good way to develop where you can find these people. If you want to find a pool or if you know that you're going to be growing a huge clinic gym and you want to have multiple people on your bench at all times, here's my best idea for that. Uh, Every quarter, run a class at your clinic on maybe a Saturday 
uh, or a day that most trainers are open. So Mondays and Mondays and Saturdays, Mondays, Fridays, and Saturdays are typically the busiest for trainers. So maybe you want to do this on a Wednesday afternoon or something like that. Um, but if you don't have time until doing it Saturday and do it whenever you can, I would do a two hour long class and I would teach, I would just call it something very applicable to what trainers are going through. Like, um, five ways to help clients who deal with low back pain or, um, have a two hour course for trainers who work with clients with low back pain. Now, if a trainer looks at that class and says, oh, well, none of my clients have back pain. Uh, either there's a one in a kajillion chance that they are the world's greatest trainer and none of their clients have back pain, highly unlikely, or the chance is all of their clients have back pain and they're just too dumb to realize it. So if they say, no, I'm not really interested. I don't really deal with back pain. uh, Assume they're an idiot. And then from there, give them the chance to prove that they are incredibly smart and an amazing trainer. But in my experience, every single trainer in the world is losing clients every week because of low back pain. And I mean, for a lot of reasons, but low back pain is a huge issue. So provide them some strategies for working with people. Uh, I would do about two hours long and I would work my butt off. I'd call up the NSCA. I'd call up the ACSM and say like, hey, I'm offering this class to local trainers. Find your local NSCA or ACSM rep and just tell them, hey, I'm doing this class for local trainers. Could it be an education event for you guys? So here locally, um, uh, Dougie Fresh, I can't remember Doug's last name. Doug Shepard was the rep for the NSCA, an amazing trainer. And, you know, we put together some educational events. He totally dug it and he was willing to promote it. So it's a good way to get 20 or 30 trainers in your office. Just do, you know, do a quarterly event and say, we're going to educate and get them the continuing education hours for their certification because they'll appreciate that. If there's any cost, I would absorb it. Maybe you just charge them five bucks or something for showing up. But just think of how many referrals you get from a room full of trainers. Anyways, in that two-hour long class, I would provide four or five strategies for them to work with clients that have low back pain. Teach them what most trainers don't know. Like, hey, you don't just have to go after the, you know, blasting the core right away or find out what their assumptions are. And I would also create a handout and I would do a cut line and I would say, if you see this, that's a good time to refer. So for example, if they have numbness or tingling, or if they have pain shooting down their leg, or if they have more pain in their leg than they have in their back, that's a good time to refer them to me, right? I would find that criteria that allows them to work with people with low back pain because they don't want to feel, you know, no trainer wants to feel like no matter what, you got to send them to me. Like that's just not going to build relationships, but tell them like, Hey, here's four things you can do. And if it goes past this point, that's a good time to refer. I think providing that clear line to them is a fantastic way. Well, if you do this a few times over the next year, you will end up with a short list of like great candidates for when you expand or open your clinic gym hybrid. So if you're like, hey, we're a year and a half from opening, dude, start teaching this class, even if it's in a small part of your uh, clinic, or if you need to borrow a, a, you know, a buddy's uh, space, or if you even do it at a local gym, post it in their aerobics room or something, uh, teach a class and whoever shows up multiple times, you'll realize real quick who you want on your team throw a staff member to the class and say like, Hey, we're hiring one of these cats. Let me know who it is. You'll be amazing how people can suss that out. So that's where to find them. And then finally I have on my list here, let's cover how to best use them. The best way to use this person is all the time at the highest level uh, repeatedly. That's really the policy. So what do I mean by that? Number one, all the time, they should be seeing a higher percentage of patients than you see. Maybe you start doing the initial evaluation on everybody but as soon as somebody gets down below, like, is that three out of 10 or below in pain, 
kick them to the trainer. As soon as you realize somebody who has, you know, five out of 10 pain, but doesn't have any instabilities, instabilities, kick them to the trainer. Uh, as, so, as soon as somebody has been in your office at least 10 times, kick them to the trainer. You should be finding everybody in your office should be on their way to the trainer un, unless there is some crazy reason why they're not, right? So send them to the trainer. Second thing, how to best use this person. Have an open discussion with everybody on your team that the front desk should and could and should be actively trying to schedule patients with the trainer, okay? As often as they're rescheduling you, they should be rescheduling the trainer. We want to encourage your patients to see this person without you needing to be involved. Magic will happen when, that, when you get past that hurdle, okay? But when somebody calls your office and says, hey, I need to come in, my back's a little sore. When the front desk knows that they can put them with the trainer as fast as they can put them with you, your life starts getting better, okay? Last thing, they need to become a viable revenue source for your office. The only way that happens is that they have a full schedule working with clients and that you're not both working on the same clients because if you're both working on the same clients, everybody in the office gets lazy and you're scheduling two employees, meaning yourself and this trainer to work with one client. That's not a great moneymaker. So instead, make sure their schedule is full. They're seeing people all the time and uh, that they are scheduling repeats with patients without you being involved. Okay. Here's a good test for it. What's today? So today uh, around me is a Wednesday. A week from today would be Wednesday. Call in Wednesday morning and say, oh man, I just got Corona or I'm not feeling so good. Uh, I don't know if I can come in this morning. Let's push everybody we can to the trainer. Your front desk staff should respond with, okay. That's what should happen. If you don't have the systems in place, they'll probably start freaking out or yelling, there's no way they can handle them or blah, 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 blah. Stress test your system. Say, I'm not feeling good. I don't know if I can come in. Let's get everybody scheduled with the trainer. Short of anybody with a crazy instability or in insane levels of pain or new patient, everybody else should be able to be scheduled with the trainer. And your trainer is going to need to strap on the running shoes and double time it uh, and work with people a little bit faster pace. But you know what? It's good. It's good training for everybody. Uh, that would be my recommendation there. You also need to be able to make revenue off this person. You should be able to clearly identify how much they bring your practice. The only way you can do that, once again, is if they're seeing patients on their own. So that is the perfect person, all right? It's a highly motivated person with great customer service skills that you teach. You get them certified and then you teach, excuse me, you teach them the ways of the world of working with people in pain. You can find that person by running local educational events and or asking everybody in your practice and or asking your staff who you guys should approach and then use them as often and as much as you can. Now, if you're like, oh, they don't know enough to, uh, uh, to, to work with my patients, cool. Then you have an education problem. You just need to educate them more. If you're like, oh, we, you know, they don't have enough capacity, cool, hire a second one. Like all these things are all excuses that I've heard a million times. And I too threw out excuses early on when I was doing it. But I'm telling you that if you talk to enough people in our Facebook group, they have overcome those issues and their, their clinics are running amazingly for them. I will give the example of Jason Holm. Jason has, has trained up some of the most amazing clinicians I've ever seen in my life. Jason himself, I hope he's not listening, 
but he is an amazing clinician himself. Uh, I just don't want him to get a big head, but he's incredible. His clinicians are incredible, but more impressive than the clinicians are their secondary staff, their CTAs, chiropractic, uh, what is it? CTA, they, they have a different name in Tennessee, but their CTAs, their aides, their CAs are far and away the most amazing uh, CAs I've ever seen in my life. They are three times as good as anybody else's. And if Jason didn't show up because he got sick or you know crashed his car or anything like that, none of their patients would know the difference. None of their patients would squawk. None of their patients would have an issue seeing one of those CAs. They are absolutely incredible. So if you want to see how it can be leveraged, Jason's office is uh, probably one of the best ever. His his CA, Sarah, is just absolutely amazing. Mallory is absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just can't say enough good things about them. And that the funny thing is like, he's got amazing clinicians. I'm just saying that the CAs are even more amazing, if you will. So I think that's a perfect example. And I believe that their business model works well because they have all that talent in the office. So it can be done. You can do it. If you need help, we're here for you. Send me an email. Let me know. With that, I think I'm going to end this one. But the goal of these first few podcasts this year is really get out the message of the basics of how to set up a clinic gym hybrid. So if you are interested or you have questions, I'm always open to emails. Please email me. And as I said in the last uh, podcast, we're looking to get more comments, whether it's one star or five star. I mean, come on, you want to leave a five star comment though, right? But if you leave a comment this month, we're going to pick a winner every month. Uh, and by going in looking at the comments in the podcast app, and then we will be awarding someone a uh, cool custom clinic gym hybrid tumbler. It's like a Yeti cut, but it's uh, a custom clinic gym one. And uh, we'll be sending that out. So if you're interested, go into the uh, go into Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, make a comment on this episode and let us know what you think. Give us some feedback and you may win a prize. So we want to give you a prize. The only way that happens is you leave a comment. And with that, I hope you do. I hope we're answering your questions and I hope that you are starting or running an amazing clinic gym hybrid. So on behalf of me and everybody out there who is trying to make a name for themselves in the world of chiropractic, physical therapy, strength and conditioning, serving our clients, providing amazing care. This is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.